at Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by Vox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin. Stefan Gilmore go to the Patriots. Now that Mike Gillis go to the Patriots, are they now just the farm club within their own division? Greg. He's one of these faux-leading women. It's like, that's not Angelina Jolie or Jennifer Anderson. It's some girl that I would see at the Circle K. That's kind of Alshon Jeffrey. And Ryan. There is absolutely no reason why O.J. Howard should be drafted before Cameron Great. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast episode. We've got another great episode uh, for you guys tonight. We're going to be going over... Uh, the week, this week, who we like in, in the matchups, going through all of the games. Uh, we're also going to be playing uh, the next rendition or episode of Pick'em and Stick'em, where Ryan uh, and Greg will pick players who are owned in less than 50% of leagues and try and play a game as to who will score the most fantasy points this weekend uh, from those players. Uh, we're going to start with the news and notes. Um, getting into it really, really quickly. Before we go there, once again, we want to, we want to remind people to give us ratings and reviews on your iTunes podcast uh, avenues. Uh, send us a review or a rating. Helps boost the show uh, in visibility, and we want to thank you for that. And so now into news and notes. Um, first bit of information, Michael Cohen of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel expects the Packers to lighten Ty Montgomery's workload going forward. Ryan, uh, do you view this as a how, – how much of a concern do you view this as uh, for the Ty Montgomery owner? I think it's a little bit of a concern, but not, not a ton. He's put up a ton of points, more than expected the, the first couple weeks. And so um, I think I – think, Honestly, it'll actually help Ty Montgomery because it'll keep him fresh for longer. Um, he dealt, uh, after about six weeks last year, dealt with uh, some fatigue issues with the sickle cell trait and everything. So I think if they lighten his load just a little bit to keep him, you know, to keep him a little more fresh, I think it, it'll help him to last longer and not have to miss weeks. Uh, is this something, uh, Greg, to where you feel Jamal Williams is something of a stash with this kind of news, or do we want to wait a few more weeks to see? I think you can definitely wait on Williams at this point. He hasn't shown anything in what limited time he has seen. Uh, so just saying that you're going to lighten Montgomery's workload doesn't mean Williams is, is increasing as a result. You could throw the ball more, um, you know, for example. So uh, I would hold off and wait till you see if something actually develops with Williams. There's probably far more attractive waiver wire candidates than that. Uh, okay, moving on to the same team. Jordy Nelson uh, with his quad – uh, injury expects to play in Sunday's game against the Bengals. Um, do you see similar production 
Uh, obviously, he'll have hopefully more than uh, zero points like he did last week. But, Ryan, what kind of production, uh, if any drop, do you see from Jordy Nelson this week? Uh, against the Bengals, the Bengals have a have a pretty good defense. I mean, it's not great. They've had a couple of favorable matchups the first couple of weeks, um, at least for their defense. Their offense, you know, can't find anything favorable. So, um, but in terms of in in terms of Jordy Nelson, I think that he could possibly have um, a pretty decent week coming back. Uh, he may they may take it a little bit easy with them, especially if they get ahead early. Um, but I I'd say that. Um, I would have no problems throwing Nelson out there to play to start in any of my fantasy lineups if I had him. That's good to know. Uh, moving on, Jordan Howard with his shoulder injuries was limited in today's practice, Wednesday's practice. Uh, Greg, how concerned are you about Jordan Howard and this injury with the human joystick and Tyreek Cohen sitting behind him and being, quite frankly, more fantasy productive than Jordan Howard has been this year? Well, I mean, certainly if you took Jordan Howard in the draft right now, you're, you're sweating bullets. I mean, this is, it could be a, a huge bust the way he's, he's started off the season. And this probably isn't the week that if he does play, he's going to somehow go off against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I think part of the problem that you have in Chicago too, is everybody knows that, you know, Beaker only has a matter of time. And I don't know that these guys are playing all out around him. I think some people are waiting for Trubisky to get in there and then, and then honestly turn it on. Uh, so I, I'd be pretty nervous about playing uh, any of the Bears running backs at this point. Uh, all right. One question that came in uh, from a, a viewer. Uh, Ryan, I'll put this one to you just because we touched on Nelson uh, just a second ago. Do you think Nelson will have less fantasy points than Cobb for the rest of the season considering – the injury concerns early in the year for Jordy Nelson. And that knee, the knee that's bothering or the leg that's bothering him was the one that he tore the ACL on uh, two seasons ago. No, and the reason I don't fear Jordy Nelson being supplanted by Randall Cobb is because Randall Cobb has just as many injury issues. He himself yep. is dealing with the shoulder and dealt with, dealt with shoulder and leg issues all year last year. So I think, I think it's still in Jordy's favor um, and with Randall Cobb, with Randall Cobb, you know, behind him. So, yeah, I agree. I think Cobb has a better shot to over uh, to score more points than than Adams. That was my bold prediction at the beginning of the season. But Nelson's on an entirely another level. The chemistry between Rogers is is undeniable there. Um, moving on, Demarius Thomas uh, was limited in practice today, uh, being one of the major targets. Uh, for Trevor Simeon and one of the reasons why he's been so successful. Um, Greg, does this concern you if you're a Demarius Thomas owner or is this more um, considering his hamstring kind of injury, do you think this is more just a, a senior guy getting an extra day of rest? I would lean towards the latter at this point. Um, I, I don't think there's – I mean, if he appears to be playing the game, then you got to go ahead and run him out there. The Broncos um, – you know, Simeon's looked better than expected, certainly, to to start the season. Uh, so I'm certainly not benching Thomas at this point. Unless he shows something, uh, you know, on the field-wise or is withheld from the game, you got to get him out there. Okay, uh, moving on to the New England Patriots. Uh, Rob, Gron Rob Gronkowski did not practice – on Wednesday, uh, a lot of people, when he uh, initially went down, thought that this was his back, but it turns out to be his groin. Um, with Gronkowski already having major injury issues, Ryan, is this 
a major concern or is this just kind of a sweating bullets kind of thing? I think it's always a major concern if, if Gronkowski is shown to be injured again because it happened, it's, it's happening so much more as we get towards, let's be honest, get towards the end of his career. And so for me, I, I am definitely hesitant about Gronkowski, and I think that anyone who drafts Gronk, you know, we usually talk about not only drafting one tight end. <laughs> if you draft Gronk, you should have drafted a second one just because of the injury issues that he has. So, uh, and there's always something of somewhat value that you can pick up off the waiver wire if you didn't. Um, moving on to the Minnesota Vikings, Sam Bradford's uh, bone bruise on his knee. He was officially limited at Wednesday's practice. Um, the Minnesota Vikings are not the same team without him. Greg, um, if you're a Stefan Diggs uh, or Adam Thielen owner, are you looking to try and move them with the ongoing saga that could be Sam Bradford's knee issue? Well, I don't know how you're going to move them. I mean, you're going to have to find somebody who's pretty soft in the head to want to go ahead and trade anything of value for, for that production right now. You know, especially if, as you say, Bradford goes down because Case Keenum ain't leading anybody anywhere as far as you know, <laughs> statistically speaking is, you know, that is anyway. So um, right now you just have to hope that you had a decent bench or find somebody to drop, uh, you know, because if Bradford's in there, these guys both have a lot of potential as the season goes on. But uh, I, I, you're not going to get any value in the trade right now at this point. You're selling way low. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee Titans wide receiver Corey Davis is already ruled out for Sunday's game against Seattle. Uh, obviously, anybody who has the Seattle defense is going to be starting the Seattle defense. For the Titans, uh, is this a major concern with Decker not showing a lot of production, DeMarco Murray now injured, uh, and now Corey Davis not playing? Uh, if someone has Marcus Mariota, are you playing, and I'll show this to both of you guys, are you going to start Marcus Mariota? Are you going to try and find someone like a uh, Deshaun Watson or Deshaun Kaiser to start? I think at this point you still would probably have to stick with Mariota unless you have a better option that you drafted and put on your bench, which, again, we normally, um, we normally advise against. Um, but if, if Mariota is your quarterback and you have no other options, oh gosh, uh, there really, again, there really isn't the wide receiver options to use there. So, you know, if you can find a decent matchup, then yes, go ahead. And, you know, if you could, honestly, you may laugh, but you know, Jay Cutler going up against, was it Jay Cutler against the Jets? Yep. May be a, a decent option to go with this week. So what about you, Greg? Well, while that is viewed as non-conventional wisdom, traditionally speaking, <laughs> I believe in this case it would be warranted to look at uh, one Jay Cutler over uh, Jay, or over Marcus Mariota this week. Now, um, you know, barring you, you don't have to drop anything of significant value or something that you're betting on some late season upside for. You know, just on a one week, you know, start of of Jay Cutler because ultimately. If you pick somebody up here, you know, what if these issues with Tennessee were to continue? I mean, realistically, Eric Decker could suck. Corey Davis doesn't play. DeMarco Murray's finally hit the wall. These things are, you know, none of them necessarily say one-week issue, right? So if that were the case, does that mean you're not playing Mariota the rest of the season? You know, or is it just because you're going against the Seattle defense? So it might just be a confluence of bad events, but you got to be pretty concerned if you have Mariota at this point. 
uh, if you don't have a, a plan B that you're, you're willing to deploy. Yeah. Uh, really quickly, just give me a team that you like in a game. Uh, a listener, a viewer just typed, uh, who do you have, Seattle or the Titans? Seattle has struggled offensively. The Titans now have some major injury concerns. Who do you like in this game? It is Seattle at home. Seattle no, on the road. No, the Seattle on the road. Sorry, they're, Seattle they're on the road. Sorry. Sorry. Ryan, do you want to take it? Uh, I like Seattle, but, but – um, you know, they have struggled a bit on the road. So while I, yes, I'm wearing a Seattle Seahawks hat and I like the Seattle Seahawks, I think they can win this game, but I wouldn't be surprised if they lost. So not, not, you, I'm picking pick one. I'm picking Seattle, but I won't okay. be surprised if they lose. Cause that's what the question was. Yeah. Answer I, the question. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, going into, I'm going into politics. <laughs> Uh, uh, moving on. Uh, We're Evan all winners. Ingram, <laughs> Evan Ingram uh, was limited uh, at Wednesday's practice. Has been, um, I think, a little bit more of uh, a player than originally anticipated. I think that has to do with uh, Odell Beckham Jr.'s injury. Um, but is this worry you going into uh, their game coming up? I know a lot of people are looking at Evan Ingram as the waiver wire pickup. Uh, due to his production and Brandon Marshall basically disappearing. Um, does this concern either of you? Do either? Let me ask you this. Do either of you have Evan Ingram on your team? I do not. I do not either. I was looking at adding him this week because I had Greg Olson. <clears throat> uh, so I really got hosed on that deal. Uh, but thankfully, Jason Witten was available, uh, and I went with that security blanket option over Eli's. So let me ask you this. The, the Eagles are dealing with two corners that have uh, injury issues, uh, but the Eagles have been a very good defense. Does that cause concern with you starting any of the uh, Giants wide receivers, not to get too far ahead because we'll cover it later, but Evan Ingram, are you concerned? If you have him on your team, do you start him? If he's your best tight end? If he's – you do? Yeah, I mean, if he's your, if he's your best option, I mean, I don't see – going out and picking somebody else up because I, like I said, I would have picked him up this week too. Okay. Uh, moving on. Rob Kelly was limited in Wednesday's practice. Um, and then Jordan Reed is also still not practicing. Grab um, Vernon Davis. Grab Vernon Davis. Uh, took the words right out of my mouth. Vernon Davis is available um, basically in every league. Um it's weird to talk about a tight end handcuff. Um, I think there's really only one in the league, uh, maybe two, um, with a tight end usage at uh, at New England. Um, but this is going to be the ongoing saga, much like the Sam Bradford leg injury and the, um, the injury to um, Rob Gronkowski. These are just things that are going to happen. Um, Jay Ajayi did – practice on Wednesday, had a monster of a game in his first game of the season, um, did have some concussion issues. Ryan, are you concerned uh, with him not practicing and having the knee injury um, for his production maybe against the Jets, or do they involve a little bit more of the backfield and the backups this week? No, I think uh, you know he, he had been dealing with some knee soreness coming out of the, uh, coming out of the preseason. And so it was. They were actually, you know, liking the fact that they actually got an extra week. They got basically got their week one by to help get him healthy. His knee was sore all through that week as well, leading up to the game on Sunday. And so I'm not seeing uh, too much 
room for concern. They're probably just giving him the day off just to give him some rest. Um, at least that's what I'm hoping. So, okay. Uh, Jimmy Graham did not practice on Wednesday. Um, Greg, is Jimmy Graham droppable yet? Yeah, I mean, I think you certainly could consider it if there's a better option that, or where you need, you know, uh, depth somewhere else on your team. Um, you know, frankly, I don't know that the Seahawks would notice if Jimmy Graham showed up at the game or at practice because he's never used. Um, you know, so I, I don't. If you're a if you're a fantasy owner uh, and you have other holes to plug, there's probably more serviceable tight ends. While you could, you know, find a more a player that is more likely to contribute at, you know, even the quarterback position, like we were talking about earlier. If you were saddled with a Jimmy Graham uh, in a Marcus Mariota type situation, drop Jimmy Graham if you're going to pick up, you know, Jay Cutler. I would do that in a heartbeat. Uh, John Brown <laughs> was not practicing Wednesday. Um, this will be an ongoing issue with him uh, with the injury issues that he's had over the last year. Uh, JJ Nelson is a very popular waiver wire pickup this week. Um, let me ask you this, Ryan, if John, if and when John Brown becomes healthy, or let me ask you this, do you think John Brown becomes healthy this season? He was not healthy at all last year. Eventually he becomes healthy for about a two to three week stretch and then goes down again. How's that? Okay, so from a consistency <laughs> standpoint, did those who picked up J.J. Nelson make the right move if they dropped John Brown to do so? I believe so. It's, it's either going to be – I think it will go back between J.J. Nelson and Jerron Brown, um, okay. Jerron Brown being more the, the, the deep ball, deep ball threat, um, and J.J. Nelson able to do the deep ball and, and play a lot of the, the, the mid-range um, targets as well. All right, Jarvis Landry was also not practicing on Wednesday. Jarvis Landry had a huge game, uh, not in terms of yards, but was a PPR monster with 13 catches. I think he was targeted 13 times, caught every ball thrown his way, um, which is rare for a Jay Cutler receiver. Um, <laughs> we got to throw our jabs while we can. We only got one more year at this, possibly. Um, but with Jarvis Landry not practicing, the Jets are coming up. I don't think anyone's concerned about uh, – the Miami offense being able to produce against the Jets. But if you're a Jarvis Landry owner, obviously this is something to continue to monitor throughout the rest of the week. But is this kind of a – is this something to continue to monitor or is this something to really just be concerned about or is this just too soon? Because it wasn't originally reported right after the game. So this is something that has come up over the last couple of days. I think it's one of those things that you definitely have to watch and monitor, you know, right up to the game until, unless you get the, the all clear before that. Uh, but the other approach could be, you know, why would you practice the week that you're playing the Jets? So you can look at it one of two ways. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on, Terrence West did not practice. Um, those who picked up Buck Allen, good for you. For those of you who did not, uh, if you are a Terrence West owner, he may be someone to handcuff because of the just the lack of depth behind. They've got to run. Buck Allen has chosen, has proven rather, the ability to run um, effectively this year. Uh, moving on, Tyler Eifert is not practicing Wednesday. Does this spell even more trouble for the Bengals' offense? Cervix. <laughs> wow. 
Sorry. <laughs> it's going to keep going all season, so we might as well just... How about we just have Ryan go? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> For those of you who don't understand what that joke was, <laughs> Greg, Greg stated earlier in the season that when Tyler Eifert went down this season, it would be because, it would be because of his cervix, not because of a near back problem. Uh, yeah, I mean, they really they need to get the ball in the hands of A.J. Green and they need to start handing the ball off to Joe Mixon. He is the only one who has shown any any spark whatsoever in that backfield. Jeremy Hill's running for like an average of like a yard and a half to two yards a carry right now. Uh, Joe Mixon's, I think, well, his, his carries last week, I think he had eight carries for nine yards, but their offensive line is so atrocious, he was able to catch the ball out of the backfield and move around that way as well. So... They really, I mean, I'm not worried about Eifert. Forget Eifert. They need to get the ball in the hands of A.J. Green and Joe Mixon, period. All right, moving on to the New England Patriots. This is good injury news uh, for the New England Patriots as linebacker Donta Hightower, Danny Amendola from his concussion, and Matthew Slater from his hamstring injury all practice. Does Danny Amendola now become, once again, the number one receiver, or is this going to be another – uh, roll of the dice in the wide receiver core as much as it is in the running back backfield for the Patriots, or will we see Amendola really take off, Ryan? Uh, Danny Amendola will take off for about three quarters of the game before he gets either another concussion or hurts his uh, or hurts his hammy or quad. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I stick with Chris Hogan at this point. I think you started to see it last week, uh, him emerge, and I think he's the guy that you got to look for uh, You know, going forward. Amendola is not going to be able to remain healthy. He never has. He's not going to start this season. Uh, and Brandon Cooks is really only being targeted whenever Tom Brady just wants to chuck a ball deep. Um, other than that, I, I haven't really seen him mixed in on any short, sort of short passing routes uh, with any sort of consistency. Um, we'll move on to the Cleveland Browns. Isaiah Crowell uh, said he talked to Coach Hugh Jackson about getting more carries. Uh, I had an interesting conversation uh, with someone earlier today who talked about when a player says, you need to go through me in order to produce that player with someone like an Antonio Brown. What happened? The next game he went off for uh, like 11 catches and 280 yards. It's uh, this may were, was it you, Ryan, that we were talking about this? Yes. Okay. This I just I want to yep. make sure. We but, did, we talked about this last night in last night's episode. Uh, if you remember back a couple of years when Antonio Brown really took off, uh, it was uh, uh, 2013. I want to say he had it through the first two games. I want to say had like four catches for like 70 yards, and that was it through two games. And he finally, because that was the year that they got rid of Mike Wallace, that he went to Miami, I want to say. Antonio Brown said that you need to throw the ball to me. I need to be the one getting the ball to, to make this offense work. And so the next game, he ends up with 12 catches for 220 yards um, and two touchdowns. Uh, it hasn't always worked out that way for, for all the stars that say, you need to get the ball through me. But usually, especially with the, the stars, um, you know, like, you know, saying A.J. Green, who's made the statement that the ball needs to go through me this last week, I need to be getting the ball more. You know, talked about Antonio Brown. 
Uh, I want to say even Le'Veon Bell has said it once. Um, and they, they usually, the stars usually show up for those, for those kind of things when they say, give me the ball and we'll win. Whether they win or not, it's a whole other story, but usually the star has a, is, is, you know, shows an extra amount of focus and really gets, a, a, really gets the job done. Yeah, moving on to Andrew Luck watch. Uh, Andrew Luck will not practice this week. The hope has been for an early October debut, um, but he will need to practice first. Early October is in two weeks. Now, granted, that's the first, but that's early October. Uh, over, under, on, the, on him not starting for another three and a half weeks. Over. Greg? I would say over because when they, the way you have to read it is early October. Early October to me means the first half of October. That means – the back end of the first half of October, which is mid-October. <laughs> okay, so do you think he's ready for the game on the 15th, or do you think it's the 22nd? Uh, I don't have the calendar in front of me, but who are they going against? Are they home or away? Uh, let me pull that up really quick. Let's see if I can grab it. Uh, on the 22nd, they're playing the Jaguars, and on the 16th, they're playing the Titans. You might as well be home against the Jaguars. Yeah, both division matchups. Yep. So that's where I think you see them coming back. You're not going to – I mean, who do they have coming up? So they got the Browns this week. You're not going to put them in there at the Seahawks in his first game back. You know, so theoretically the Niners could be in play. Because that's a soft defense. You know, relatively at home. Sorry for the cheap shot, San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, we will now move on into our pick 'em and stick 'em segment, which is brought to you by Play Draft. Uh, here's how it works there's no management, just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last minute injuries for you. Draft even, drafts even start. Uh, every couple of minutes, so you can literally join one right now while you're listening to the show. The best part is you can play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's really a draft for everyone. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code SKFOOTBALL. Uh, that's right. Play for real money. Uh, play real money game just for free by using the promo code SKFOOTBALL. So now we will get into our Pick'em and Stick'em segment. Once again, as a review for those who are listening for the first time, this is a list of players, two per position, uh, that are all owned in less than 50% of leagues. And we will go back and forth between Ryan and Greg. Uh, one will pick the player. Uh, the other individual will be stuck with what's left over in that position. Whoever wins with the most fantasy points at the end of the week uh, wins the week. So right now, as a review, last week, Ryan had uh, Joe Flacco, Latavius Murray, Marquise Lee, uh, Jesse James, the Ravens defense, and Chris Boswell as his kicker, and won with 65 points over Greg's 49 with Carson Palmer, Jamal Charles, Nelson Aguilar, Kobe Fleener, uh, the Rams defense, and Graham Gano as the kicker. Uh, this week, let me uh, pull it up here really quick. 
Getting into the Kings and Stings. Uh, so you guys have your copies of this. From the quarterback position, we have uh, Deshaun Kaiser versus the Colts and Deshaun Watson versus New England. It still uh, said Deshaun. I know it's spelled Deshaun. I know. Deshaun. I have to give a I, – I, I'm white. I'm going to read it like a white man. Um, <laughs> then it's Deshaun-y. It's deshaun deshaun uh, Watson. <laughs> so, uh, at the running back position, Tariq Cohen versus the Steelers or Rex Burkhead versus Houston. At the wide receiver position, we have Jermaine Curse against Miami and J.J. Nelson against Dallas. Uh, at the tight end position, we have Eric Ebron versus Atlanta and Jesse James versus Chicago. For defenses, we have the Titans versus Seattle. And their offensive struggles. And then we have the Browns versus Indy. Uh, kickers, you have Gano versus the Saints and Blair Walsh versus the Titans. Because Ryan won last week, Greg, you will get first pick. Uh, wow. Who would you like to pick uh, and then subsequently stick to Ryan? Aye, aye, aye. This is really tough. Um, this, this, this is. A, I don't know if I. I don't know if I. I like dislike this week better or last week. This yeah. at least has more fantasy relevant players. There's no one owned in like zero percent of leagues. <laughs> I. It, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna draft JJ Nelson. So I get. I get the former Seahawk Jermaine Curse against Miami. I, I think that's only right. I mean, I think right now, J.J. Nelson, he is the number two option uh, for the Cardinals, like literally in all sense of the word. There's, there's not a running back they're going to first. There's, there's nobody. He's, he's going to be the guy. Uh, so I think I like J.J. Nelson this week. All right. I'm actually <clears throat> writing, this on, writing this on mine as well so that I can keep track myself. All right. So then if it's my turn, I – I'm going to go early with the quarterbacks, and I'm taking Deshaun Kaiser against the Colts. And I'm going to stick you with Deshaun Watson against New England. I saw that one as, you know, one that I, I, I probably had the most difficult time uh, with that one because, you know, Watson getting the start going against Belichick, the inclination is that Belichick will have something for him. Uh, but Watson's been his best in his career on the biggest stage against the best teams against the best coach. Uh, so I kind of, I kind of favor that something about that. The ugliness of a Colts Browns game doesn't sound like a lot of fantasy points to me. <laughs> I would agree with you there. <coughs> uh, Greg moving on. We have running backs, tight end defense and kicker still left. Well, at this point, even though I have him on my fantasy team, I do have Tarek Cohen on my fantasy team. I am actually going to go with Rex Burkhead this week. I think that uh, this type of game, uh, especially with the injury issues, uh, you know, whether it's Gronk or what have you that the, the Patriots have been dealing with, I think this favors a, a Rex Burkhead type of performance. Uh, so I will go with, uh, with my man Burkhead and stick the human joystick back over there to Ryan. All right. All right. So now we've got tight ends, defense, and kicker. Um, let me look. I think I, I think I'm gonna do the same thing that Greg just did. Um, I have Eric Ebron 
but I'm going to take Jesse James versus Chicago <coughs> and stick him with Eric Ebron against Atlanta. Okay. Uh, any any specific reason why you're going? I mean, other than the fact that Chicago sucks. Or Chicago, we'll go Ch- there. It's Chicago. Difficult. Chicago. <laughs> the last few years has been horrible against tight ends. Um, Atlanta has been okay. Their their linebackers are athletic enough to stick with tight ends. Um, Mar- was it Martellus Bennett really didn't get anything going in that game against Atlanta until. Jordy Nelson went out until Randall Cobb came out for a few plays. So, I mean, he really didn't get anything until the fourth quarter, until practically garbage time. So, um, for that reason, I'll stick, with, I'll stick with the outlaw against Chicago. Okay, Greg, you're going to go defense or kicker with your pick? I just collapsed my page here. So what I – sorry about that. Did that actually come out on the mic? Hot mic, hot mic. <laughs> Hopefully. And, um, but- so, uh, you know what? This is um, this is pretty tough. I think as bad as Seattle's offense has been, um, I kind of like the Browns this week. I th- you know, it, eventually Russell Wilson, who you guys all seem to think is a decent quarterback, uh, is going to lead lead an offense. Um, so that could be this week, and I want to stay out of the way of that potential storm. I feel less likely that that is going to happen with the Colts. So I will go with the Browns. Mine is stuck with the Titans versus Seattle. Okay. Who is now uh, – Greg, you have now created a uh, a rooting controversy within his own being um, as Ryan is now stuck with Seattle being a Seahawks fan. Mm-hmm. So at this point, do I take Blair Walsh so that they'll win by <laughs> win by win by win by field goals? Well, they've only I mean they painted you into a corner. Only, okay. Blair Walsh is the number one fantasy player for Seattle. I know. That's so pathetic. Um let me see. Uh because we need to get this going, I'm gonna go yeah, I'll just stick with the home team and go Blair Walsh. So Ryan picks, and Greg is stuck with Gano versus the Saints. The great Gano. I give you give him to you two weeks in a row. <laughs> the, <laughs> the gift that Gano keeps on giving. Well, uh, so, did we did, did we actually say that last week? Greg and I both picked the winners with all three of our picks, and stuck the and stuck the other guy with the lower scoring player. Yeah, you guys are just. I mean, maybe I need to create uh, more interesting matchups, or you guys are just good. I think it's, uh, I think it's the first we're good. One. Yeah, I think, it's just, <laughs> I think it's just talent. I don't think we need to water down our abilities. When you look at the talent that we're picking at, if we get those things right, <laughs> for God's sake, we should get credit for it. Uh, just to highlight and recap, uh, Ryan, your team for this week is Deshaun Kaiser, Tariq Cohen, Jermaine Curse. Jesse James, uh, the Tennessee Titans defense, and Blair Walsh. Greg, your team this week is Deshaun Watson, Rex Burkhead, J.J. Nelson, uh, Eric Ebron, 
the Browns defense uh, and then Graham Gano as your kicker. So that uh, concludes our pick 'em and stick 'em. T- uh, stay tuned uh, for our episode on Sunday and Monday uh, to hear the highlights of that game. Now we will go into our uh, our picks for this week and who we like uh, in the matchups this week. Uh, Ryan, how about you do our our ad for Vox DFS? All right. Well, Vox DFS is uh, one of our partner sites. They're actually our DFS partner site. You can see them right about here on our, uh, or depending on depending on which angle you can see, because I've got like three cameras on here all at the same time. Um, they are our DFS partner site. They are a premium uh, uh, DFS line consultant and provider service. Um, I am actually one of the NFL line writers for Vox DFS. We've had a pretty good start to the NFL season. Uh, but they don't just do uh, NFL. They do PGA, NASCAR, uh, MLB, which is just finishing up. They do hockey lines. They do NBA as that starts up uh, in, an, in a couple months. So um, if you're having trouble with, the, with your DFS lines or you just want a little bit of help, make sure to go over to VoxDFS, V-O-K-S-D-F-S.com. Let them know what the guys from uh, Skulking Football sent you over there, and uh, they'll make sure to, to take really good care of you. And hopefully I will get to see you guys in the, uh, in the NFL Lines channels uh, providing, a little, uh, providing a little DraftKings uh, lineups for you. So that's all I got. Okay, that leads us into the matchup. Thursday night, we have the Los Angeles Rams versus the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I'll cover the quarterbacks. I'll hand the running backs off to Ryan. uh, And then, Greg, I'll have you talk about the wide receivers. The quarterback matchup here is Jared Goff or Brian Hoyer. Not much really to say. Uh, I would look for Jared Goff to continue what he's doing in stretching the ball uh, horizontally in order to move the ball down the field, and then a couple of random deep shots to a Sammy Watkins or to a Robert Woods. Uh, I would take the over. His pro- his projection right now is 13 points. I would take the over uh, on him. He has produced uh, better than his projection the first two weeks. I do not see Brian Hoyer uh, really being that big of a play. He did not do well against Seattle. Not that the Rams are the Seattle defense, but I don't see much coming from Brian Hoyer this week. Ryan, how about the uh, the running back situation? All right. So as far as running backs go for these two teams, um, I think Hyde could have an okay. Um, Hyde could have an okay week. Um, they're going to have to depend. Uh, San Francisco is going to have to kind of depend on Carlos Hyde to get anything done uh, as far as their offense goes, unless you know by some miracle Brian Hoyer has you know is able to get it figured out. Um, you know and get to that streak like he had a couple. Was it last year where he had like four games in a row? Um, of throwing for like 300 yards. So um, I think Hyde is your best bet as far as San Francisco goes. Um, I think I like Gurley a little bit better. While the defense for San Francisco has played well, I think the, lo- the the loss of Reed, if he's out this week, is he? Do we know for sure if he's out this week? He's not out. He just didn't, he was not at practice. Okay. So if he is out, I think that poses pretty well for. Um, for Gurley being able to run the ball a little bit better. Um, I'm not in love with either one of these running backs at all. Honestly, I avoided both of them in my drafts. Um, but if you have them, uh, I think both these, the defenses are, are doing pretty well so far. Um, but uh, uh, 
I think that you're probably better off going with Gurley. Um, but if you have Hyde, I think he's he's probably still a flex option. So, Greg, uh, what about the the wide receivers? You got uh, Sammy Watkins, Cooper Cup, Pierre Garcon, Marquise Goodwin, Robert Woods back for the Rams. Who do you like? Well, you know, there's a lot of garbage in there. Um, I think, you know, if, if you are going with, with the receiver off the Rams, I'd probably be looking at, at Cooper Cup. Um, unfortunately, I think there's too many check downs to Gurley, uh, you know, to make, you know, Sammy Watkins for what little he gets in yards per catch be worth a whole a whole heck of a lot. So uh, I, I would probably at this point go with Cup, uh, and I think Pierre Garçon may be the most attractive, relatively speaking, uh, you know, uh, across the group. Uh, moving to the tight end uh, selection, Gerald Everett uh, did very, very well in the last game. I, I think that's more of a one-hit wonder than a norm. So obviously no one's going to be looking to starting him. Uh, George Kittle was kind of a non-factor against Seattle, so I'm not looking for much in terms of that production. Moving on uh, to the Baltimore versus Jacksonville game being played in London. We talked about how uh, the London game is essentially a a fantasy waste of time. Um, From the quarterback position, Ryan, um, between Joe Flacco and Blake Bortles, who do you think uh, produces more fantasy points this week, both projected around 12 points? And they're both they're both horrible. I mean, you look at the you look at the the league their league rankings. They're twenty second, twenty third in offense. I mean, you talk. Ugh, their defenses are eleventh and ninth, so their defenses are playing pretty well. I uh, I mean, I think that the Baltimore Ravens defense is going to just absolutely crush uh, Blake Bortles. And so, if he gets anything going, it will be in garbage time. So, I am more likely to probably go with Joe Flacco. Okay, uh, Greg, moving on to the running back position, you have Javoris Allen, Terrence West, uh, and then Leonard Fournette on the Jacksonville side. Um, are you concerned about starting Leonard Fournette in this game, uh, and who would you pick between Allen and West? Uh, I'm concerned about ever starting anybody in the stupid London game. Um, <laughs> so none of these are, the, are, are great options. They're all going to suffer. Uh, Fournette perhaps for not having the experience at all, but he's the better talent of the group. So uh, ultimately, I think Baltimore wins this game. So West might be the better play. Uh, That's pretty bold considering Leonard Fournette's production, but we'll move on to the wide receivers. Uh, Jeremy Macklin, uh, the invisible man, Mike Wallace, um, Alan Hearns and Marquise Lee. I'm really looking for Alan Hearns to be the number one receiver. Uh, Marquise Lee had a good game this last game, but Alan Hearns has been a little bit more uh, productive uh, going into the games. Obviously, once again, I'm not looking for a huge uh, output. I think Alan Hearns uh, is more likely to get a touchdown, and that's why I think he's uh, more valuable. Um, but once again, I'm not – I look at the, all these wide receivers, and I'm not starting them on any of my teams. But if you're forced to pick one, I would go with Hearns over Macklin. Uh, and Lee. Uh, Ryan? I prefer Lee, but that's me. So Okay. Uh, going to the tight ends, Benjamin Watson, Mercedes Lewis. We're not – Mercedes Lewis isn't even on anybody's team. But Ben Watson, have after having a very good game uh, in the collaboration he had with Joe Flacco uh, in his first game back, uh, do you see him really as being the number one fantasy production 
from a pass catching <clears throat> wide receiver perspective is in this game. In terms of in terms of the Baltimore Ravens, probably unless Jeremy Macklin gets loose for like a single touchdown, you know, off of like a fifty yard play like he did in Week One. Um, so I honestly I think Benjamin Watson, in terms of consistency, most likely is going to be um, is going to be the better option. I mean, there are better options out there in general, but I think that he's going to be the best option in terms of receiving from a Ravens standpoint. Okay, well, you heard it here first. Justin Tucker and Jason Myers are the guys to play in this game because he's going to score a touchdown. Um, moving on to the Denver-Buffalo game. Greg, I'm going to have you talk about the quarterback situation. Trevor Simeon is currently the league leader in touchdown passes and now goes up against the Bills' defense, um, who historically has been pretty good. Um, Tayrod Taylor uh, being on the opposite side – uh, and the Denver Broncos defense has just been stifling against uh, San Diego and Dallas in the first two games. Um, what are your thoughts about Trevor Simeon and Tyrod Taylor in this game? Well, I think that both, um, you know, the quarterbacks that Denver would have faced in the first two weeks are far superior to one Tyrod Taylor. So I certainly wouldn't be taking him in this week, uh, you know, in a battle head up against Trevor Simeon, who uh, so far this year, is like some other guys who are blowing the doors off, like an Alex Smith. I mean, you wouldn't have pegged these two guys to, you know, be rocketing out to the front of the pack when it comes to quarterback rings, but, you know, there they are. In fact, it's the entire AFC West if you throw Derek Carr in there. So, uh, you know, I like Simeon this week. Uh, you know, I, I think he's a guy who's, you know, conservatively is going to, you know, be able to give you that, you know, 240 yards to, you know, maybe two touchdown type of game. Uh, all right, uh, I'll cover the uh, the running back perspective here. Uh, C.J. Anderson had a monster of a game against Dallas. Dallas has had some some struggles against the run. I look for C.J. Anderson, uh, currently projected around the, the 14 and a half point mark. I look for C.J. Anderson to get right around that. If I had to pick an over or an under, I would err on the side of the over because the Denver Broncos defense is creating a lot of short fields for the offense. Uh, and if they get up early, uh, C.J. Anderson is going to uh, get a lot of extra uh, garbage time uh, points from being in the lead. Uh, LaShawn McCoy uh, did not have a great running game, but still in PPR got nine points last week. I think he's going to have a little bit tougher of a time against the Denver Broncos. I've looked to trade LaShawn McCoy for some some pieces or someone desperate like uh, someone who is – uh, 0-2 with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I think LaShawn McCoy does just under his 16-point production. Uh, Ryan, from the wide receiver perspective, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Jordan Matthews, Zay Jones, what do you like in this in this game? Well, I think obviously you, you're, you're going to be going with Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I think Benny Fowler's little breakout, was it in week one or week two or whatever that was, whatever that garbage was, uh, I'm ignoring. Awful and painful. Yeah, I'm still ignoring Benny Fowler. I think that's just a, a blip on the radar. Um, in terms of the Bills, Zay Jones, eh, you know, I think he'll eventually get it done. But in terms of, you know, with having Tyra Taylor as the quarterback, it's not the best option. Um, and neither is uh, Jordan Matthews still, I don't think, has enough, has enough uh, time with the team uh, to have developed any chemistry. So really the only wide receivers I'm playing – purposefully in this game are going to be Sanders and Thomas. All right, Greg. And from the, the tight end 
uh, position, do we have anything to talk about in Virgil Green or Charles Clay? Uh, you know, well, I think, you know, so far this year you've seen some production out of Clay, but you should ultimately have uh, better options than what you find on this team uh, or, or between either of these two when it comes to starting on fantasy. All right, moving on to New Orleans uh, at Carolina. Uh, I think uh, I think it's Ryan's turn to take the quarterback perspective again. Uh, Drew Brees and Cam Newton, uh, who do you like in this matchup? Well, obviously I like Drew Brees-ish. Um, the Panthers do have apparently the number one defense, but they've also played against San Francisco and who else? The The Bills. The Bills, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so that's not saying a whole lot. Um, the The problem is that the Saints, um, you know, Drew Brees struggles outside of, um, outside of the dome. Uh, so I think that he can put up numbers, but I still, and I still like him better than Cam Newton, who's still apparently dealing with shoulder issues and couldn't even hit uh, Christian McCaffrey on a simple little, simple little toss in the end zone when McCaffrey was wide open. Uh, Cam Newton's also lost his most dependable target in Greg Olson. So for that reason, I'm probably sticking with Drew Brees. I'm a little hesitant. I wouldn't necessarily put him in a DFS line simply because I don't like uh, how he plays a, uh, outside, of, outside of New Orleans. But uh, if I've got him on my fantasy roster, um, I'm definitely playing him. Uh, go to the tight ends really quickly. Kobe Fleener, who has been a surprise uh, addition, obviously Snead is out. So I think that's why you're seeing production from Fleener. Ed Dickinson uh, is going to be the tight end uh, in replace of Greg Olson. What who? Are you- who? He said he's there have been reports that he has told the coaches not to change the play calling. So do you see once again with Cam Newton liking the tight end perspective? Granted, it has always been Greg Olson. Do you think Ed Dickinson beats his projection of eight points this week against the Saints defense that has basically been bleeding like a sieve? Uh, no, I probably not. Um, you know, honestly, I think they can just run the ball up the gut against against the New Orleans defense and be fine, and, okay. st- and still and still save him. So, okay, uh, from the running back perspective, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Stewart, Adrian Peterson, uh, in PPR, never should have been drafted by your team um, unless he was the last pick of the draft, and you were secretly hoping. Um, but I think he's droppable now. Uh, Alvin Kamara has been, uh, I talked about this in my uh, waiver wire article earlier in the week, Alvin Kamara has been the number two targeted player, well, tied for two, for number two in both weeks, for most targets from the passing game. So in PPR, he is proving himself very relevant. Uh, Had they made some connections on some deep routes and some deep passes, they're having him run the ball or they're having him go out into deep passing to try and stretch linebackers. I think Kamara could end up with more points than Mark Ingram this week. I think Christian McCaffrey outscores Jonathan Stewart in PPR, but Jonathan Stewart continues to outscore Christian McCaffrey in standard leagues because they're limiting the amount of touches that Christian McCaffrey takes, I think, to kind of warm him up into the offense. Uh, Greg, from the wide receiver perspective, we've got uh, Michael Thomas, uh, the dropper Ted Ginn, 
Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches, what do you have in this game? Well, I think normally I'd, I'd like Kelvin Benjamin, but I think there's plenty of concern, uh, you know, with what's been going on with Cam Newton. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas at this point, uh, I granted it's only two games into his I'm the number one guy thing, uh, but it's starting to smell a little bit like Alshon Jeffrey when it means like not legitimately a number one wide receiver and was better in the role he was playing. Uh, but that's neither here nor, nor there. Uh, I think both of them you have to go ahead and try to start this week if you have them on your rosters, uh, simply because they are the primary targets, uh, you know, for these uh, for these quarterbacks. Arguably, Kelvin Benjamin should see an uptick because of the absence of Greg Olson, uh, you know, not some kind of, of downturn. So I think if I had to pick between the two, I'd probably err towards Benjamin. All right, moving over to the Pittsburgh-Chicago game. Uh, this is a road game for Ben Roethlisberger. Um, we won't really talk much about Mike Lennon, uh, but Greg, um, what are you expecting from Roethlisberger against a, a struggling Chicago Bears defense, even on a road game? Well, being as a road game, I don't think you can expect a ton. Um, I think it's you know <clears throat> a fairly you know pedestrian game, probably sub three hundred yards. Uh, you know, less than three touchdowns. Uh, I think they do more damage on the ground ultimately than through the through the air against the Bears. So obviously you can start them, but I, I wouldn't look for them to just pistol whip the Bears. Yeah, uh, going on to the running back uh, selection: Lev Bell, James Conner, Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, Ryan. Um, even with Lev Bell's struggles uh, and with Chicago being able to hold Atlanta. Uh, on the run game in week one. Are you concerned with Lev Bell's production in this game? No, I think he'll still, he's, he's getting more, he's getting more touches as, as the season goes on. So um, I, I still am fine to fire up Lev Bell. I'm not too worried about his production. The, the Bears defense is pretty crappy. Um, and so I think that, uh, the Steelers will get the job. Will get the job done. And that Lev Bell will be fine. In terms of the Bears, Jordan Howard being injured is a bit of a concern. In terms of uh, the people who drafted him in the first round, uh, they may have no choice but to use Tariq Cohen a whole bunch, uh, passing out of the backfield. So I'm definitely firing up uh, Tariq Cohen as a probably a flex play in PPR leagues. Um, and Lev Bell, you drafted him, you know, number one or number two or three overall. So you're going to play him. So, Yeah, I would, I would start Tariq Cohen currently in PPR leagues over Jordan Howard um, personally. Uh, going on to the wide receiver perspective, uh, Antonio Brown had a little bit of a lackluster game for a home game with Ben Roethlisberger last week. Um, but on the road against Cleveland in week one um, was uh, 11 for 11 on catches from Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, currently projected at 19.9 points. Um, even with this being a road game for Ben Roethlisberger, I think Antonio Brown beats that projection. Um, outside of the the touchdown catch from Artavius Bryant, I don't think we have seen a production um, that people wanted to see from him so far this year. Uh, I don't know if I see it this week. I think Antonio Brown's the number one receiver, obviously. But then I think someone like a Kendall Wright could outscore Martavius Bryant this week um, just because of a road game. Um, and so, Greg, from the tight ends, Jesse James and Zach Miller, uh, who do you like? If you had to pick one, who would you pick in this game? 
<laughs> I think I, I think you know you just have to go with Jesse James at this point. Uh, I'm not going to touch anything that has to do with the Bears passing game uh, or, or Beaker uh, being at the helm. Um, you know, Miller's never been a fantasy stud in the first place. I think there's just more potential upside with Jesse James, even if he's banged up a little bit. Assuming he's, he plays, I think he's the better play. All right, going into the Atlanta Falcons and Detroit Lions game, a lot of people were projecting Atlanta and Green Bay to put up video game numbers on offense, uh, and we didn't quite see that. Still both teams scoring a lot of points. Um, but in this matchup between Matt Ryan uh, and Matthew Stafford, um, I like Matt Ryan in this game as much as I like Matt Stafford uh, because I think the Atlanta Falcons defense is better than Detroit's defense, even though from a fantasy perspective, the Detroit Lions defense um, has been more productive, but that's because they have two defensive touchdowns in the first two weeks. Uh, I look for Matt Ryan to beat his projection of 18 points. I think Stafford doesn't quite get there, maybe 16 points, uh, maybe 250 yards and a touchdown. Um, but from that, uh, I don't think the Detroit Lions start 3-0 this season. Um, moving on to the running back uh, position, Greg, Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman, Amir Abdullah, Theo Riddick, what do you like in this game? Well, I think you always have to like Freeman and Coleman, certainly relative to the other two. And and certainly Freeman's an each and every week starter. He's a, he's a first-round draft choice. Um, you know, so you're going to run him out there. And I think it's a good a good week for Tevin Coleman as well, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, I do I continue to stay away from uh, the Detroit backfield until further notice, kind of like the Giants backfield. <laughs> That's not a bad way to put it. All right, going into the wide receiver, uh, Julio Jones, Muhammad Sanu, Taylor Gabriel, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. Uh, what do you like in this matchup, Ryan? Well, obviously – uh, I like uh, I like Golden Tate receiving out of the slot. He's going to get a lot of – he's you know the most trusted by Stafford. He's going to get a lot of those short passes with the opportunity to be able to stretch them out. Um, I, you know, I can't bet against uh, Julio Jones. Mohamed Sanu, interestingly enough, after the first two weeks, uh, actually has a larger target share um, than, uh, than Julio Jones does. Um, of total targets uh, so far, Mohamed Sanu has seen 27% and Julio Jones 25%. So obviously they're getting Sanu involved in the passing game. Um, as far as the um, as far as the Lions go, uh, if you have to play Kenny Galladay, okay. He's he's going to be a boomer bust. They throw a lot of they try to throw the deep balls to him. I think he would have gotten more in this last game against the Giants had they not you know had the defense not scored you know the extra touchdown to put them up by enough where they could just run out the clock. I think they looked through like five passes the entire second half um, after going up so going up so much early. So um, Galladay's an option. Marvin Jones he's just been too back and forth, too shaky. Um, I'm only trusting trusting. Golden Tate and only playing Gall I I don't have Jones in any leagues. I have Galladay in a couple. I will use him only under duress this week. Yeah, I think Kenny Galladay is going to have some struggles on the outside uh, from time to time matched up against Trufant, who's going to lock him down. Um, so I'm not expecting much from Galladay uh, this week. 
Uh, Austin Hooper has been a little bit of a disappointment to me. Uh, it's been a roller coaster, very, very good week one. Struggled in week two. He's really only been targeted twice in each game. He has caught both of those targets in both games. Um, I think you'll look to see more uh, of Austin Hooper in this week. I will continue to be an Austin Hooper truther. Um, nice alliteration there. Moving forward, uh, I think Eric Ebron uh, will struggle. I think they did some dynamic things with Eric Ebron uh, in the last game in – in moving him into the slot, moving him to the outside, rotating him around. I think they did a lot of things to get Eric Ebron in, and I think that was because of the matchup against the Giants, but I don't see that necessarily happening. I like Hooper over Ebron uh, this week. Moving to Cleveland and Indianapolis, uh, and this will be the last one that we cover, uh, and then we'll cover uh, some of the others uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser, Jacoby Brissett, uh, Ryan, who do you like from the quarterback position? Uh, do you think anything comes from Jacoby Brissett this week? Yeah. Um, the Browns defense has been okay uh, so far, kind of middle of the road. Um, I mean, he played pretty well. He played okay against Arizona's defense, but nothing spectacular, to be completely honest. I mean, the, the Colts are just a, a crap show, to be completely honest. Um so I'm not seeing much from Jacoby Brissett. I, you know, I was more than happy to take Deshaun Kaiser in our pick him and stick him against the Colts. I have Kaiser in the Scott Fishbowl and will gladly play him over Blake Bortles playing in the stupid um, game in the uh, in in London. So um, I like I like Kaiser in this game. Uh, I think he's a streaming option in larger leagues or a possible quarterback two for two quarterback leagues. Brissett, I'm I'm just I'm just staying away from the Colts offense. So, all right, from the running back perspective, um, Isaiah Crowell has struggled. He's asking for more touches. The Indianapolis Colts defense has struggled, but most of that has come against the passing game, not the running game. So, I think Duke Johnson has a good game. Could outscore Duke Johnson, or could outscore Isaiah Crowell if there's continued issues with running the ball. Um, Frank. Gore, Father Time, uh, is not getting the lion's share of the carries. Uh, there's a little bit more of, of Marlon Mack and Robert Turbin so far this year. So I would, I would not feel comfortable starting Frank Gore because the Cleveland Browns defense, as much as we like to crack jokes about the Cleveland Browns defense, they held Le'Veon Bell to 30 rushing yards. So I would look for other options than Frank Gore uh, this week from a running back perspective. Uh, and then, Greg, why don't you give us the, the wide receivers? Rashard Jennings, Kenny Britt, Ricardo Lewis, T.Y. Hilton, Dante Moncrief um, for, the, for the Colts. Yeah, I don't see how you could possibly go and take any wide receiver from the Browns and run them out there uh, this week, especially when Duke Johnson could be the team's leading receiver. <laughs> so if you're really interested in playing the passing game, Take Duke Johnson as your flex or, or RB2, and you've already captured both positions uh, to, to the majority of their, their max production. So uh, on the other side, um, with, with Indianapolis, again, you can't be <coughs> – excuse me – can't be overly excited uh, about what you're looking at here, though. I think everybody has a lot more potential with Brissett in there uh, than they did with the god-awful Scott Tolzien. Uh, so I would say right now, uh, T.Y. Hilton, obviously a guy you're going to go ahead and run out there. He's the number one option, but he's the most attractive 
uh, of the receiving options outside the tight end position this week. All right, that will wrap up the show. Thank you guys for joining us. We will do a shortened show tomorrow to cover the rest of those games. Uh, one thing that I do want to thank you guys for listening, but also feel free to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, feel free to write us a review uh, or comment uh, on the podcast episodes. Once again, for Ryan, Greg, and myself, we thank you for stopping by and listening to this episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. See you guys tomorrow. All right, talk to you later, guys. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.